the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, the Finance Coast and Mohamed Nalla. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. In addition to our weekly free show that you know and love, we have now launched Magic Markets Premium, a weekly show for our subscribers in which we give detailed analysis on global stocks. Every premium show is accompanied by a report covering the company's strategic drivers, its operating environment, its competitors, bull versus bear case, technical trading indicators, and a long-term investment thesis. At just 99 Rand per month, we are committed to making institutional-level analysis affordable for all investors and traders. Visit magic-markets.com to go premium and unlock your full potential in the markets. Welcome to episode 89 of Magic Markets. I've kind of got my voice back a little bit, which is pretty exciting. Uh, Mo, this is your last week in South Africa. It's been really cool to have you down here for a few months, even though you've come back to a pretty tough scenario with load shedding and even house hijackings now. Thankfully, none of us have been affected, but that's a pretty wild story. Anyway, you must be excited to go back to Canada where there are real bears, uh, not just market bears like yourself. Ghost, always a pleasure doing this with you. Uh, indeed, our last week of me recording from down here uh, and from next week, hopefully back to usual programming as I'm back in Canada. Uh, I must say Eskom's given me a parting gift and that parting gift is a resumption of load shedding, which is why we are recording this at another strange hour. We won't tell our listeners when and how we try and schedule ourselves, but just know that Eskom will find you regardless of where you are. And that's something we worked with even when I was in Canada. So I may end up with real bears instead of market bears, but I will definitely not escape Eskom load shedding because you'll still be down here, Ghost. Yeah, at least it's only one to deal with. So load shedding aside, it's only you and I this week. And it's quite exciting because what we are going to talk about is our research process in Magic Markets Premium. So obviously, for those who are subscribers, you'll know what the product looks like and you'll be interested to know perhaps what goes on behind the scenes. And even for those who are not interested, you can take this process and apply it to your own research in stocks. So this show is certainly still, you know, very useful to you. So well, I think let's get straight into it. I mean, for those who are familiar with premium, you know, every week we cover a different global stock. It's usually listed in the US, although not always. I think we've had maybe one exception. Um, what is the starting point? How do we pick that stock, right? Because that's the first and big decision every week. Yeah, Ghost, indeed. And I, I, I think when we look at it, first of all, it's got to be something global. It's got to be something global. But also, we've been very explicit in Magic Markets Premium. You know, we said we're not just going to cover stuff that, you know, is, is the topical stuff. Sometimes we're going to cover stuff that might be boring, that might not fall onto your regular radar. Uh, but I think the common thread before we even get into a lot of this is that you and I have always committed to keeping it relevant. So we do look at stocks that are either in the news flow or maybe have recently put out results. And I think that's our first screen, just to ensure relevance to our subscribers, to our listeners. Uh, I think that's the first step. But we also look at the fact that the stock has to be something that is tradable. You know, we're not going to go and look at a lot of your rats and mice, your smaller stocks, stuff that doesn't have liquidity. So if you're looking for meme stocks, if you're looking for that kind of sensational stuff, that's not the kind of stuff you're going to find on Magic Markets Premium. We're about serious investing. We're about stocks that you can literally add into your portfolio, 
whether that's going to be a long-term hold, whether that's going to be a trading stock. Uh, but I must also stress, it's not always a stock that we would buy at any given point in time. It might be a stock that we think is very interesting. We go and we do the homework, and then we end up formulating that thesis along with our subscribers, along with our listeners. We take you along for that journey in terms of, hey, is this something investable for me in my portfolio right now? And in terms of the sectors we look at, I think from my side, we don't get involved in stuff that is so specialist that we don't feel like we can really add value to it. You know, And there are certain sectors where you just have to do such deep work. So for example, if you're going to go and throw money at one international mining business, that requires a lot of research. That's not a thematic, hey, I like gold. You know, That is, hey, I like gold, which is its own set of research. And then it's, I like that company and all its own issues like life of mine, cost to produce, quite hectic and we generally stay away from things where we feel like we can't necessarily add enough expertise to it i mean if we really put our minds to it over a long period we could research one of these minds and we would come up with something useful but the reality is we want to put in a certain amount of time every week and bring a certain amount of value to our listeners in something they can understand i think that's the critical point as well we're not trying to create geologists out of anyone you know so that's why we tend to cover stocks like nike for example or a bank, or even a property fund, because everyone understands what property is. You know, you don't have to spend half the show just explaining what the product looks like. We've covered the likes of Microsoft. Uh, you know, this week we're doing a business that most South Africans have never heard of, yet it looks and feels just like Bitcorp in the US. So even though it's not an industry that either of us have worked in, you can apply the same research lens and the same methodology and still come out with a really solid answer just based on, on sensible principles. I think that's fair, Ghost. I, I don't necessarily want to just kind of create a perception that we're just going to cover the blue chips or we're just going to cover the stuff that everyone out there is covering. So, for example, this week uh, in Magic Markets Premium, the stock we're covering is a stock called Cisco. Now, Cisco is by no stretch of the imagination a small company, but I highly doubt most South African investors will have heard about it. So it's sometimes just shining a light in sectors where, you know, it can still be a very large stock. Remember, the U.S. market, the global markets are really so massive, so huge that you're never going to run out of runway. You're never going to run out of a universe. Uh, I think to qualify what you just said is that we're not going to cover the very obscure stuff. And the reason I want to qualify it is that more recently, specifically in, let's say, for example, a sector like biotech. You know, I don't know a heck of a lot about biotech. I might know about mining because, again, in South Africa, there's a mining history. In Canada, there's a mining history. So, you know, maybe mines are uh, not the best example. But if we looked at, for example, something like a biotech, there's so much new stuff happening in biotech that you're going to have to upskill yourself on what the mega trend is. You're going to have to then upskill yourself on a whole bunch of nuance before you even get into the nuts and bolts of, hey, is this company I'm investing in actually a good business? And so that's what I want to stress here is that we may be covering sectors that you've heard about or that you may not have heard about, but we're always going to cover something where we can have a credible opinion after looking at the data, after looking at the financials, and we'll go into some of that detail now, but after having a proper look at what data and information's available to us as we go through our research process, can we formulate a credible view on whether this is a good business, A, and then B, is it a good business at the right price? And I think that's really the qualifier when you're looking at anything from an investment perspective. Yeah, that's fair. And on the mining side, you know, there's a big difference between junior mining where you really need to have a geology background and a mine that is producing. You know, there's some of these sends announcements that come out from some of these junior miners and my eyes have glazed over by the third paragraph because it's just reams of numbers 
that make no sense to you unless you study geology. So that's fair. You know, I'm sure at some point we'll probably cover a producing mine when we feel like a challenge. But in the meantime, there's lots of other stuff that I think feels a little bit closer to our, you know, areas of expertise and ability to cover it. So speaking of that, for those who have not yet subscribed to premium and don't know what the product looks like, we obviously give an overview of what the business does, but not you know, pages and pages of template stuff at all. You know, it's a very short suite. This is what it does. Everyone has Google. So we treat our listeners with that respect that if you want to go and just very basically know what this company does over and above the quick intro we give, you know, you can do that research. We focus on the insights and we focus on delivering them in a package podcast and report that'll take you maybe half an hour to engage with a week so that you can find the time for it. And one of the things that I love doing is the bull and bear case where we call it the bull box and the bear box. And all we're doing there is we're making the arguments for and against the company because in our view, every investment needs a balanced view. There's always reasons to buy a company and there are always risks. If you feel like you haven't thought of either one of those, you haven't finished your work. There are always good and bad elements to every company. And I think the bull box and bear box is very relevant, right? Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite parts, right? Again, for those of you that are not familiar with this, this is going to give you some insight, not just into our process, but in terms of what you can expect inside Magic Markets Premium. So Bull and Bear Box for us is a very disciplined approach to go and formulate both sides of the thesis. You know, stretch your thinking. Don't just go and look at this with this confirmation bias of, hey, I kind of like Tesla, so I'm going to go find all the bull points about Tesla. It's force yourself to go and find the bear points. And quite often what we do is we invert our roles. So if I go into something with a little bit more of a bullish disposition, then I'm going to go look for the bear points. And Ghost, if he goes into something with a bearish disposition, he's going to go and look for the bull points uh, and vice versa. So I think that's important just to stretch your mind, stretch your thinking. One of my favorite parts, actually, Ghost, is that, you know, again, listeners will know I'm a top-down guy. So sometimes, especially for our listeners who don't have a lot of time, this is not a 30-page regurgitation of the company's financials. This is not going to be just reams and reams of data that you can actually find out there. We've had those discussions with our listeners, with our subscribers, in terms of where they can find that information. There's some good resources out there. What I like in our report is we start up right at the top, and this didn't exist in our very earliest reports. This is something that's evolved out of engagement with our subscribers. It's the elevator pitch. And what we do in the elevator pitch is it's effectively your executive summary. It's saying, this is kind of the headline, what the stock's about, what are the key points that the market's focusing on. This, these are some of the bull and the bear points. This is what the technicals look like. And this is effectively what our thesis is. And so in the elevator pitch, literally, if you're someone who's so pressed for time that you're going to look for one slide, that elevator pitch summarizes the entire write-up for you. And if there's something there that piques your interest, you can go to the specific relevant section in the report. Uh, as you said, Ghost, you know, the report, just reading through that, we're not talking reams and reams. 30-pager report, we're looking at really distilling all of those insights into something that is quick, something that is pithy, and something that is insightful and will give you a direct impact on, hey, do we like this, don't we like this, and why? Yeah, if you can't summarize the reasons for or against an investment in a matter of a few bullet points, then you don't understand the investment thesis because ultimately that success or failure of a position really does come down to the big ticket items. No matter what anyone tells you, you know, a great return or a poor return is not because of note 27 on page 115 of the financials. Sorry, accountants, it's just not. Maybe if you have all your money in one company, you need to read absolutely everything. But if you have your money spread across a portfolio, as you should, then actually there are just so many things that matter. 
ranging from the technical analysis, and we'll get to that just now, through to the valuation work, through to the strategy, and, and all the randomness that we live with every day in the markets that I promise you, that level of research is, is only what you think people do in asset managers. They don't even do it in most asset management firms, let alone for retail investors looking to build a portfolio of growth stocks. Yeah, Ghost, and in fact, you know, we know for a fact that there are a number of asset managers or hedge funds that actually use Magic Markets Premium. And that's maybe because we get to distill this down to the real hard issues. But the fact of the matter, and just, just going back to your point around a bull in a bear box, you know, for example, we're going to go and we're going to have an investment thesis on something. And the fact of the matter is in the universe of investing, you don't get everything right. So sometimes it's very important to realize that, hey, when I didn't get something right, was it a risk that I had contextualized or not? And that's part of the learning process, because if it's something we didn't catch, then we know, hey, you know what, actually we need to widen our lens. If it is something that we did catch, that we had in the bear box, then it's a question of how do I weight this in my own risk framework? How important are some of the risks that I'm actually putting into my investment thesis? And What's quite important is when we go and we have a look at the numbers as well, we try and contextualize that in the context of where's the market sitting? So we look at things like, you know, is the sector generally rated a lot higher? Do they trade at premiums relative to the rest of the market? So you're looking at this in an absolute sense. You're looking at this in a relative sense as well. And then we also include a very quick overview on what the competitive landscape looks like. And why do I raise this ghost is that it's so important for me because sometimes we'll be covering a stock that at the headline looks interesting. But when you go and do the detailed work, the numbers, you realize this stock's just trading on a valuation that's bananas. But hey, when I went in and I scratched and I looked beneath the surface, I found these three or four different competitors. So if, if I apply the same discipline that I apply to stock X to these competitors, that's where a lot of the value comes out for me. Because sometimes in that competitive analysis, that's where you really find some of the gems or maybe some of the underlooked companies in the same sector. And you can literally take the research process that we use on any particular stock and then apply that to some of those competitors as well. So that for me is definitely one of the most valuable components of my use of Magic Markets Premium. Another big one for me is the management analysis, Mo, which is something that you handle every week. And that's just looking at who are the executives, where are they from, how long have they been there? And most of all, how much bench strength is there? What does the succession planning look like? Because personally, I get very nervous of companies that are run by the sort of very iconic CEO and there's kind of no one else in the room. You know, these people are immortal by design. So firstly, there's the hit by a bus test, which some companies fail. Then there's just the sort of, you know, mad dictator problem where they can just go down a rabbit hole. And if they aren't good checks and balances, it can turn into a big disaster. So no investment analysis is complete without looking at management. Yeah, Ghost, I think that's absolutely critical, is that businesses don't operate in a vacuum. Quite often, the success or failure for business is directly attributable to the management team, to the board. You know, sometimes you have really strong, charismatic management, you have bad oversight from the board, and that in and of itself becomes a risk flag that you've got to look out for. So we don't just look at management. We look at management, we look at the board, we look at board linkages. There's a lot of work that goes into this. And again, it's, it's stuff that you just go and you scratch around and you, I'm not going to go into every single board member and what are their linkages, but it's generally to formulate an oversight of, does management have the requisite experience in this field to take the business to the next level? Does the board actually offer the 
the role or fulfill the role that it's there to, to serve as an oversight, as a check and a balance to a management team? What does the shareholding structure look like? I mean, we've seen so many stocks where there's a dual or sometimes a triple shareholding structure. A good example would be, you know, Shopify. We had this proposal from management to put in place a triple shareholding structure, and that became a massive risk flag for us. And guess what? Hey, presto, that actually plays out quite nicely into the investment thesis, into the stock's performance. So I think that's important. The other risk flag that we generally look out for is is the stock held quite heavily by insiders? And what is that insider activity looking like? Now, this is not an exact science. Sometimes, you know, they are quite opaque. They hide their movements through trusts and you've got to go and file or go through the filings and figure out, hey, this trust is actually attached to this insider. But in aggregate, we try and have a high level view of are insiders buyers or sellers? And we use that as a risk flag because generally if insiders are selling, that's telling you that, hey, you've got to look out for something. They definitely know a lot more about the business than you and I as we're going through this research process. Absolutely, Mo. And then the next step in our journey is to look at the numbers. So that's something I generally tackle most weeks, which is really just looking, you know, step by step. What's the revenue growth looking like? What's happening with margins? Very, very important. You don't necessarily need to look at every expense line item unless there's a margin problem. Then we go deeper and we say, okay, well, where is the margin problem coming from? Shock and horror. Most times in tech businesses at the moment, it's on the R&D line, not on the marketing and sales line. That's a risk, you know? When people are spending to grow, that's one thing. When people are spending to not go backwards, it's something very different. We also look at the balance sheets. We always look at free cash flows. It's all good and well to have profits, but if they don't turn into cash, you've got nothing. So we do a very nice step-by-step of the numbers. And again, we're not doing a sort of equity sell-side report where we give people, we spoon-feed you, you know, three pages of just replicating the stuff that's out there. We are teaching you how to fish. So we will show you what are the most important things we look at, but then go and have a look at the numbers yourself. Go and download, you know, the quarterly filing. Check it out. See what you can spot. That's how you learn. Otherwise, all you're doing is receiving stuff, but you're not actually learning and growing as an investor, which I think for us is really important. And something I've grown in, I think, Mo, learning from you is the technicals. That's very important. Whether or not you believe in technicals is actually irrelevant. They do work over the short term. They are important. Enough people believe they work, hence they work. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The technicals are not going to tell you where Disney share price will be 10 years from now. But as a short-term tactical play, they are very valuable. Yeah, Ghost, I think, you know, even on the numbers, you know, just to rewind a little bit, you know, on the numbers, our subscribers are going to know I'm kind of a a top-down guy. So I'm going to go and have a look at an aggregated level. How does the stock behave relative to its own free cash flow over time? How does a stock behave relative to its own adjusted earnings over time? You know, so even before we go into the technicals, I look at the charts on some of the fundamentals because we say we're teaching people how to fish and that's correct. But sometimes it's about knowing where to fish. And when you're looking at that, you're like, okay, I know in this lake, that's where I'm going to go and look for my fish. So even before we go into the technicals on the fundamentals, just general charts on what's the stock price done relative to its free cash flow underlying. So you're mapping the chart performance relative to some of the underlying data, the underlying financial data. One thing we didn't mention there was, for example, dividends, or you mentioned the balance sheet. You and I have very different views with regards to the extent and the use of debt in a company, something that we discuss quite a bit. But then I then superimpose on top of that the technicals view that you just brought in right now. And the reason for this is regardless of your investment view on a stock, 
sometimes short-term trading opportunities do exist. So some of our subscribers are going to be traders. They're going to want to trade the stock on a higher frequency basis. We identify what are key support and resistance levels. How is the stock likely to behave over a shorter or over a medium time period? We then also superimpose on that. What does it look like relative to our long-term investment thesis? Does the stock behave in a manner that we can distill, that we can understand what is the market psychology around it? So technical analysis is not just about mumbo jumbo looking at the bones hey this is going to go up this is going to go down anyone who tries to use it like that is probably a huckster we're saying superimpose this to try and understand what is the market psychology around a stock always overlay that against hey is this a stock is this a business that i want to have in the portfolio or is this a business that i think actually is going to come under a lot more pressure and then you can use that as an underpin for either a trading strategy or you look at the chart patterns, you look at the price action, and you use that as an underpin to inform when and how you get involved from a long-term investment perspective as well. And trust me on this, I've been in the institutional space, I've been in the asset management space, I can tell you, even institutional managers, once they've formulated a long-term view, will look at the technicals in terms of just trying to understand the psychology of the market and when and if they get involved at any specific point in time. No, the last thing we do is we do the fundamental analysis. So this is where we bring it all together. We take into account what we believe are the leading you know, pros and cons. We take into account the numbers. And then we look at the traded multiples. And as a final point, something that we have found to be very powerful is debating whether or not a stock should trade at an EBITDA multiple of 5, 10, or 15 becomes quite esoteric. The market has told you what it thinks for years in many cases. So if a stock traded between an EBITDA multiple of 10 and 12, for five years, then guess what? The sensible traded range is 10 and 12. You can argue all day long that it should be a seven or all day long that it should be a 20, but the market has told you for years that you are wrong. So what we look for is, is the multiple within that range? If it sits outside of it, that's something to be very aware of. So this we bring together in the fundamental section and then we commit, we give an answer. And sometimes the answer is we don't hold the stock and we don't want it now. That is an answer. Sometimes the answer is we own it. Sometimes the answer is we wouldn't touch it at this pricing and we'll have a look 25% down, which in many cases has happened. And the point is, obviously, we can't be right every time. No one can. Anyone who tells you that is lying, bluntly, end of story. There's no one in the world who gets it right every time. But because our process is very based around teaching people how to do this, rather than, hey, here's a hot stock pick, we like to think it creates value either way. Now, so to our listeners, you can go and find premium on our website. It's www.magic-markets.com uh, and you'll see a nice little banner that says go premium and if you click on that you can actually go through and you'll see their, their different pricing plans you know we've priced this because we want to take institutional level insights to every single investor so we've priced it at 99 rand a month but for those of you that are really serious that want to get stuck in we also now have an annual plan and that comes through at 990 a year and that effectively saves you two months. So that's already a return on your investment. And what we've seen, Ghost, is a lot of people who maybe are but skeptical will come in, they'll try it at 99 rand a month. And if, if they don't like it, they could cancel. But I can tell you the overwhelming majority of people actually end up converting that into an annual subscription. So look, to wrap this up, Ghost, I think we've shared some of our process 
with people who are not inside Magic Markets Premium. And if you are interested in learning, again, this is not about us giving you a view, saying, hey, buy this stock, hey, sell this stock. This is about, this is our journey of unpacking what we find interesting in the market and whether we like and would buy or sell a stock in our own views. Sometimes it's not about that. It's about finding other interesting stocks that maybe we pick up in the competitive landscape. But the important thing here is that it's learning. It's trying to capacitate not just our subscribers, but ourselves as we go through this process in terms of the journey of ongoing learning. So again, that's www.magic-markets.com. Go and check it out. Yeah, thanks, Mo. And there's lots and lots of fund managers, as we said, using the product. There's loads of retail investors using the product. They really love it. So go check it out. We highly recommend it, of course, but we are biased. If you want to just dip your toes in, try the 99 bucks a month. If you want to commit and save some money, go for the 990. But most of all, we hope to see you in premium so that we can uh, impart some knowledge about our research process, ultimately. Thank you very much, and we will see you on Magic Markets next week. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor 